Scott Buck stops the action to wonder if we'd rather watch John Lithgow's Celebrity Woodworking. What did you guys think of this episode overall? Yeah, I really didn't like it. It was very slow and just boring, and it was everything that I hated about Dexter in this one episode. And I'll go into detail at a later point. Yeah, I didn't feel like much happened here. It was just kind of, I don't even think I paid any attention, to be honest. I don't think I could pick out anything really good about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think my sentiments were the same. However, I found myself becoming emotional towards the end of the episode. And I thought to myself as I was watching the end of the episode, I didn't really like this episode that much until the end when I felt the message was a little bit more present uh overall i didn't necessarily like love the episode or anything but i did feel like it had some solid emotion to it which doesn't normally come from a lot of scott buck's writing but also that's not necessarily scott buck's writing that could be the director the actors a lot of other things as well so sure yeah i think uh dexter's like opening monologue says it best when he describes what slack tide is there's no current coming in there's no current going out it's like when the tide is completely equal and everything's just calm and still it's like that's how this episode is for the most part just kind of treading water but uh, it starts with dexter getting called to a crime scene deb is going to take over dexter's apartment a man killed a gator and found a woman's arm inside Uh, dexter gets home and is bombarded with help requests from cody astor and rita he finds a card from christine the journalist rita said the journalist wants to do a hero piece on deb uh Harrison magically can babble while sucking on a bottle in screen. Uh, so that's kind of the beginning of the the family issues thing that they have going on in this episode. I think Harrison's ability to babble while using a bottle is rather impressive and sets him apart from the other child actors. From OG Cody, for sure. <laughs> Um, Dexter as Kyle pretends to bump into Mitchell and helps him load supplies into his car. Dexter learns that Mitchell's kids have wall-to-wall activities and barely get to see him. Mitchell invites Kyle to meet him at Mitchell's house the next day. I think that's funny that, uh, that you know they always have something going on. I kind of felt like I was like that in high school. Not that my parents, I thought, were serial killers at all. But um, uh-huh. I, I like had a lot of stuff going on all the time, so it felt very wall to wall. Like I wouldn't see my parents sometimes. You know, my dad worked a, a weird shift, um, but like it's so funny that it's intentional. Um, and then like Dexter picks up this parenting advice, uh, sort of being like, "Oh yeah, that sounds like a great idea." And then what happens uh, is very funny. Well, now you know the horrible truth about your parents. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, in actuality, if you book your kids into a bunch of different stuff um, outside of school before they can drive, you're booking yourself into a whole lot of stuff that you're taking them to on on, on and on again. Yeah, you're putting yourself in a hell of your own making, that's for Yeah, sure. exactly. Uh, which Dexter does kind of find out in this episode as well. Christine tries to get to Deb, but Dexter cuts her off. Then Quinn takes Dexter aside and tells him to try to back off and let Christine do her job. Dexter reminds Quinn that he saw Quinn take money and tell Christine to leave Deb alone. This, you know, God, I just, this is why I couldn't stand Quinn. And it, 
I thought it was in season three that he started this junk that just that made me not like him, but now it's it's kicking into full swing, and I just I can't stand it whenever he's on screen. Because he's just a douche. Like this is a, the the only way I can explain it. He just every time he's on screen, I'm like, God, that guy's a douche. I just wish he'd not be on screen anymore. Yeah, he can't decide whether he's going to help Christine or not. Well, I mean, like, he, he was a bad cop at the beginning of the season by stealing money, and now he's all, like, high and mighty about things. No, no, go away, Quinn. <laughs> uh, Miami Metro has a briefing on the arm. They've ID'd the victim, and they have a suspect who's a photographer who creates gruesome photos of models. Dexter watches the interview with the photographer. Harry chides him on not focusing on Trinity. Uh, the photographer turns out to have an alibi. Dexter tells Harry that he wants to learn more from Trinity before killing him. The photographer says he could make Deb a star if he roughed her up a bit. And Dexter says he just jumped to the top of the kill list. The um, suspect, uh, this photographer guy... It's almost like we're harking back to... Was it the initial episode where we had that guy who was making torture porn? Uh, it was in season one. It was season one, yeah. Yeah, so season one. I didn't remember if it was the uh, yeah the first episode or not, but same thing. It's like Scott Buck can't even get an original idea. He's like, oh, I'll reuse this whole you know BDSM thing again. Um, I just like didn't think that it was uh, an, ad an added... Um, I don't know, an added plus to anything? It's I just didn't like make that connection um, just because, like, the guy in season one was the, uh, he, he was pretending to be the Bay Harbor Butcher, or he was a copycat of the Bay Harbor Butcher. No, but that was it, season two. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking about yeah. the season one, the uh, ballet guy. The, who guy, would, like, the guy that make... was stealing copper, oh, yeah, yeah. and, and uh, he had that scream bitch scream. The scream bitch scream. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. wasn't he the... No, the, the, the Bay pretend Harbor Bay Harbor Butcher, Butcher was the um, the guy who... Uh, oh, that tied the people up in his hotel room. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. torture porn guy was like first two or three episodes, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't make the connection with him and the torture porn guy just because what the photographer was doing was, was not torture. It was photography and Photoshop. Like he wasn't, he wasn't hurting people to make his artwork, whereas the other guy was. Yeah, I'm not saying it was the same. I was just saying that it's Scott Buck couldn't come up with another original person <laughs> idea yeah. for like a person to go to. It's like uh, it's like uh, they're recycling similarities. I feel like uh, to the degree of the people that uh, Dexter can go after. Yeah. Well, technically, Scott Buck kind of makes torture porn in a way because watching his episodes are torture so it seems fair uh, you liked his last episode I don't want to talk about it we're pretending that never happened well if he him, him making was, torture porn would technically be like us watching you watch a Scott Buck episode <laughs> oh yeah well yeah just okay, just screaming from the pain of it that'd be super mad <laughs> yeah how terrible it is <laughs> that's how we're going to do the next show I don't want do. that to happen we're just going to watch Brooke watch it. Um, I think I'm out on that one. Can I pass? I think Aaron would be a good candidate for that. 
I'm dead inside. I don't have those feelings. <laughs> he doesn't have feelings. <laughs> uh, Quinn helps Deb move some things into Dexter's old apartment. He passes Dexter and asks him who keeps their apartment after they got married. Dexter tells him to stay out of his life. Deb is planning to take what's left of Lundy's files to LaGuerta, along with her theory that Trinity shot her and Lundy as well. Dexter finds out that Deb is meeting with Valerie Hodges, one of Harry's CIs. Dexter knows that she'll eventually eliminate Valerie, and the trail will eventually lead her to the fact that Dexter and Brian slash Rudy were brothers. So there's a, there's a problem with this scene. When Dexter's helping her unpack and he finds that file, he's like, what's this? And she's like, oh, that's Dexter, uh, that's, that's Harry's CI files. And he's like, oh, I didn't know you had those. Yes, he did. They had that conversation in season three. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I took it as more like he didn't realize she still had them, but, yeah. I took it's, it as who fucking cares? Like yeah. get over it. Yeah. <laughs> it was I'm so I'm so, some of these little things like that, like that one, I'm just like okay, write a thing in it real quick and stop like dragging it out to be something bigger than it needs to be. But that's just me. Yeah, it's a non-story. <laughs> no, it's not just you, I agree. It's just it's such an it's another one of those side stories where like who cares? Bring back John Lithgow. Yeah. yeah, and they, like, they last Jedi it anyway. They just, like, completely write off that plot line when they decided, you know, and eh, nobody cares about this anymore. But, uh... And nobody ever did. Yeah. But yeah, they like, like, Laura Moser being, uh, uh, being a CI for Harry and also being a part of the whole thing, I think that was enough. Like, going down the CI rabbit hole is right. too much. Yeah. Um, they just they made a cliffhanger out of it at the end of last season, and then they just didn't have any way to follow. They didn't put any follow through into it at all. They decided, nope, this isn't the season where Deb finds out anything. So, uh, Dexter brings pamphlets for activities for the kids. Cody jumps at the chance to join the young sailors, but Aster rejects all three of her options and says, "Why do you hate me so much?" Mitchell, yeah, I really, I'm digging this uh, angsty. Uh, Teenage angst stuff going. I Bad know, Aster. I love it. Yeah, I love angsty Aster. It just comes out of nowhere. Like, why do you hate me so much? It's just such a funny line. I you think I'm also, my line. You can also like see it in her face where she's like, she's like, okay, go on, tell me what you're going to tell me. No, no, I'm not doing that. Like, she always like lets him say it, and she'll be like, okay, what do you got? It's like, it's a trap, Dexter. <laughs> That's because she's a preteen yeah. girl. They're all traps. It's all a trap. <laughs> uh, Mitchell drives Kyle into the woods to cut down a tree. He gets frustrated when his chainsaw won't start. Kyle gets it going immediately. They linger, making eye contact while Dexter revs the chainsaw, and then he easily cuts down the tree. So... This was completely opposite from the the Aster scene. Um, Arthur Mitchell kind of gets pouty a little bit. He just kind of turns his back to Dexter and just, just kind of like, I can't get my chainsaw to work. Sad, single tear. And, like, what was the point of this scene? I'll tell you what it was. <laughs> I'll tell you what it was. Because this is what Scott Buck wanted. 
He wanted an excuse to have Dexter rev a chainsaw in front of Trinity and not use it. He wanted that, like, second or two of, of doubt to pass through the audience's mind as to whether he was going to cut him or not. The doubt should come in the sense that it's only the seventh <laughs> episode, and you know you're going right. to at least get a 10, 11, 12 episode season. So, yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> Scott Buck. It's so stupid. Like, they're going to get rid of Lithgow, like, in that kind of context, too. In that scene. Like, anybody have felt any tension in that moment. Well, it's going to turn out that, that Trinity has, like, a, a remote control stop for the chainsaw. And he's just, like, text, testing him. <laughs> like, you tried to kill me. Yeah. Uh, Scott Buck episode. Yeah. Mitchell gets testy when Dexter asks why they don't go to the hardware store for lumber. Uh, as they leave the woods... Mitchell hits a deer with his van. Kyle insists the deer is suffering and hands the axe to Mitchell, but he refuses to kill it. Harry tells Dexter to use the axe to kill Trinity, but Dexter just kills the deer. I really felt like the the Mitchell character, the Trinity killer character, it was just like shoehorned into this episode. Like it didn't it didn't really have a place and he wanted to like make sure he's like don't forget guys like the, he's still in this um, cuz like yeah, I mean, with this scene, is there's this like is a it. little bit. This is the only like, scene. Yeah, this is it, right? It's it. it. It's ridiculous. They show him woodworking to reveal what he's woodworking at the very end of the episode, but it's like ten seconds at a time for the rest of the episode. And yeah. this, yeah, it was a forced scene. This scene was the exact same as the previous scene, in that they. Slow it down to build tension. Oh, Dexter's got an axe. The camera even zooms in on on Trinity's neck, and oh, it's just so bad. Yeah, he like turns away. It's like the last temptation of Dexter. <laughs> Scott Buck's last temptation of Dexter. Um, Angel has found out that a bunch of illegals have modeled for the photographer and have since gone missing. The theory being that their families have no way to launch an investigation, according to the show. But really, their families have no way of launching an investigation. Like, there's no law for illegals getting murdered. Nope, nothing you can do here. Nothing nope. you can do about You're it. Just dead. Sorry, not a thing. Not a thing you can do. You can just shoot uh, an illegal dead. Terrible. No problem. In Miami. Facts do not play a part in Scott Buck episode. It's Miami people. Uh, you, die. Don't, you don't have to go to illegals. <laughs> people die. People die here. <laughs> yeah. People just die in Miami. Some of them are murdered. We'll <laughs> never know which ones. <laughs> Deb asks LaGuerta if there's any truth to the rumor that LaGuerta and Angel are in a relationship. LaGuerta bites her head off, says she shouldn't spread rumors, male dominated workforce, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that just goes round and round for their relationship, where they're hot and cold as friends. Because like, yeah. sometimes they're really good friends, and sometimes they hate each other. It's such a bizarre work environment. Very toxic on all sides. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dexter sneaks into Pharaoh, the photographer's studio. He finds the woman with the gator's arm. He finds the woman with the gatored arm on the computer. Dexter finds traces of blood and a fingernail. He matches the broken nail to one of the fingers in the decapitated arm. Um, these are things that Miami Metro should have figured out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no investigation. <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah, Not they're Miami illegals. Metro. 
<laughs> what are you what are you talking about, Bill? There's no way for them to start an investigation. <laughs> I yeah, I guess that's the, the logic behind it, is that they can't they can't question him because he worked with illegals, so listeners, that's hashtag Scott Buck logic. Mm-hmm. Uh there's a brief shot of Mitchell planing wood. Cool. We'll see this again. <laughs> Harry's old CI tells Deb that she was one of Harry's many girlfriends and that she was his favorite. Harry comments on how it's every father's nightmare to disappoint their children. D- oh, I hated the scene. I mean, that was just such a not a Harry. It was, again, Scott Buck. I mean, I just felt like that was so misplaced the way they popped Harry in there. Yeah. Well, like, Harry's old CI, that scene was the only thing in this episode that I was kind of like, oh, that was amusing. Because at one point she's just like, oh, yeah, your father liked this one thing that I deal with my... Yeah. And Dad dad cut him off. (laughs) Yeah, just like, stop, stop. Uh, So bad. Please stop telling me about that. Um... (laughs) Deb gives Dexter the CIA files to return instead of taking them to records herself, and Dexter shreds Laura Moser's CI file, pulls the picture back out, says he can't let her be cut up again, ending that plot thread from the end of season three. And ending it really badly. Yes. That, that was that was a last Jedi uh, uh, change of expectations. So, I can't let her get cut up again. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Dexter gives Astor a guitar. He's shocked to learn that he has to be with Cody over the weekend for young sailors. As I said, you don't sign your kids up for stuff you don't want to do yourself because you're going to do it yourself. Um, he's going to need to kill Pharaoh tonight. He leaves under the cover of needing to get the boat ready uh, and get supplies for the young sailors. He makes his way to a club where Pharaoh is hanging out. It turns out that Quinn is following Dexter. Dexter gets Pharaoh to go out to his car, but then he notices Quinn and tricks a girl into distracting Quinn while Dexter escapes. Okay, so here we are, back at Dokes, following Dexter. I'm telling you, Scott Buck is legitimately Mm -hmm. repeating episode stuff from seasons one and two in this episode. Mm -hmm. It's so ridiculous. We were actually talking about this before before we started the podcast. It's the Dokes stuff felt like it was earned. Like mm-hmm. Dokes Dokes had legitimate concerns, and now Quinn's just being a douche. Well, yeah, Qu- Qu- Quinn just <laughs> wants to like he is just being a dick. Re- like get the upper hand back from Dexter because Dexter has blackmail over him. So Quinn's yeah. trying to get his own blackmail, but you don't follow a guy to get blackmail. Like, just right. wait yeah. for your opportunity. Especially when you're terrible There's at no it. stakes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not interesting because there are no stakes. That are, there's no tension. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. As far as we can tell, it's also very out of character for Quinn. I mean, yeah, he's a douche, yeah. but this is not how he's a douche. There's other ways, but this does not seem like him. Well, like, at the beginning of the season, he's all of a sudden poor and stealing money after being flush last season. So it's just, yeah. it's almost like they didn't plan on having him back, and then they did. 
Well, Quinn's entire arc for the series was written by Miguel, so uh, that's <laughs> kind of the deal there. Uh, there is another shot of Mitchell planing the wood. Cool. Riveting. <laughs> Dexter takes Cody and the kids out on his boat, and they have a great time. Deb got permission from LaGuerta to investigate the bludgeonings. She smartly avoided looking like a conspiracy theory. Uh, LaGuerta and Angel admit they miss each other. Dexter is asked to tell a scary story around the campfire. He tells a blood-curdling version of Trinity until one of the other parents finishes his sentence with a joke and ends the tale. That's kind of... I thought that was dumb. I was like, (laughs) if they're telling scary stories or whatever, like... You know, scare him. Don't I th- don't just be like. You know. Yeah, I thought it was really. Well, he funny. hadn't even gotten to the scary part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was really funny because you could tell like the character Dexter is is like okay. I know this is scary for kids, but I need to like sanitize all the names and stuff out of it and not be like specific about who I'm talking about. So it's like you can call him the triple killer call him the trinity man boogie guy like he comes up with all this ridiculous stuff and then he's like he goes after people with sometimes it's with a knife and something like it he leaves pieces of his dead sister everywhere (laughs) i was like what is happening yeah it would have been better if he he'd have been like you can call him Arthur Mitchell. Yeah. Just just (laughs) completely just told him the story of the Trinity Killer. It would have been wonderful. Um, The kids go to sleep at the campsite at 9pm. Dexter decides to slip out and take care of Pharaoh and get back by sunrise. So, um, these are fictional children that go to sleep at a campsite at (laughs) 9pm. Um... Right, and I did have that thought. Like, Dexter, you're really a shitty father. If you're camping with a kid who probably has never been camping and you're just going to leave him, kid's going to be up for a while. He's going to wake up during the night having nightmares, thinking there's a bear. That's what it's yeah. like when you camp with kids. It's sleeping through the night. Come on. For sure. Are you questioning Scott Buck's authority here? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. Scott Buck knows campouts. That's right. <laughs> he does he those children's marshmallows. It's fine. Sure. <laughs> um, Dexter lures Pharaoh with a strobe light. He wakes up <laughs> on a light-up platform with projections of the models. I like that he does it with a strobe light. Like, like he's back at the club. Like he's only. That's his thing. It's like a little red ball or like a, a you know a piece of bait. It's like a strobe light because that's what those guys love. They love strobe lights, cocaine, and boobs. Yeah, he could have just saved some time just by like going into the kill room and just flipping the light switch about ten times, and the guy would have just laid down on the table. Yeah. Okay, just he just the- got some uh, some cocaine out of uh, out of uh, the. Um, the evidence room put it out for them and just been like here you go just like, <laughs> like a, tra- a trail just like like et with the Reese's pieces just a trail of cocaine across yeah except the it's, floor a, it's a trail of cocaine laced lingerie <laughs> oh nice somebody nice stripped this way <laughs> there's glitter yeah there's <laughs> we, 
could outright Scott Buck easily. Every day. Every time we do this podcast, we write better. We improve on Scott Buck's writing. All his fault. Um, it is all his fault. Pharaoh's justification for his killing is that the women will, quote, live forever through his photos. Dexter kills him and throws him in the ocean. Mitchell's project is revealed. He made a coffin by hand. Cool! (laughs) (laughs) See, I missed that. I didn't even, that's how bored I was this episode. I didn't even see he made a coffin. Yeah. I didn't see how he completed the, wow. That's that's what he did. Um, when Cody wakes up, hey. <laughs> when Cody wakes up, Dexter is at the campsite making pancakes. Angel has arrested Pharaoh's assistant. Dexter got it wrong, and he says, "I killed an innocent man." That's the end of the episode. Yeah, that. But was this guy really innocent? Because he was a total dick. Yeah, I mean, he's innocent to by Harry's code, but right. Yeah, yeah. like I said, he like to die, he photoshopped. He, he photoshopped them. Um, and I don't get, like, he let Dexter... Like, him saying that they deserved it, like, that they would live forever. Like, why didn't he just say to Dexter, I didn't kill them? Because he didn't kill them. I think he did it, but it was just it was just overlooked. I think he, like, barely... He's like, I didn't kill anybody, or something like that. I do remember him saying something like that, but he... Dexter just is like whatever. Well, also, I don't. I don't think Dexter ever out and and calls him a murderer. He just refers to the women as his victims. That's so true. he's he he never has a chance to deny being a murderer. But isn't Dexter there when they say that the guy had an alibi, or is that something that only we know and Dexter doesn't know? No, I think you're right. I think he was in the inter- Dexter was not in the interrogation room when they interrogated him. And I don't think he was watching the monitors or anything. So, yeah, he wasn't privy to that knowledge. But also, he just didn't do anything to like like he normally does. He goes through the motions of proving the guilt, and he does none of that. He goes through like what the he got he gets the Uh, the blood and the fingernail. Yeah, but it but that's you know as the twist goes, it's the assistant as opposed to the guy. So. I don't know. There was there seemed like there needed to be more levels of what he goes through to get to this guy. Yeah, uh, Dexter was not as thorough as he should have been. Yeah, um, this was a, this was an avoidable thing that he could have he could have not had this problem. Yeah, but then we wouldn't have had this sort of emotional response at the end where this is that first time that he's made that mistake. So again, like I said, most of the episode is kind of garbage except for this moment where you're like. Oh, okay. Now he's starting to, I don't know, feel bad about what he's doing, or have a uh, at least a conscious about it, where he's just like, "Oh shit, I messed up." You know. Well, he so, already had this moment. But then he's last done it season. before. Yeah. Yeah, with Oscar Prada, Miguel's brother. True. True. Like he he already went through those. I killed an innocent man. Like Oscar was a was not the greatest, but he didn't fit the code. Like he literally had those conversations. The difference is go. that. This time he actually feels bad about it um, because that's kind of what that's kind of what the next episode gets into. But it's still more of Scott Buck just pulling from other episodes that have already happened. Yeah, that's three seasons. He's I pulled think, three yeah. different things. 
yeah yeah i'm not i'm not justifying it at all and um i get what you're saying too zach i just don't think that like that last 10 seconds was enough to save the episode by any stretch oh yeah no no i'm not (laughs) no don't get me wrong that would be a big stretch uh this episode was directed by tim hunter um he directed this episode and one episode in season three that's all he's done for dexter uh the writer of course we've said it many many times now scott buck uh the worst and uh that leads us to the best line of the episode i went with why do you hate me so much is the best line of the episode <laughs> yeah I, i'm switching to that one i had something else but now hearing it again it is it's pretty much the best I actually like a internal monologue that Dexter has where he's talking about like what to approach Aster with as an activity. And he says, uh, what did I like when I was 12? Oh, moving on. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was the good part. One of the few. How about the worst line of the episode? Put two people in a room together long enough and they will fuck horrible line and Quinn needs to go away I went with the uh, photographer guy said she was fresh off the JJ the jumbo jet that guy was such a caricature (laughs) I mean what yeah Uh, I I had uh, everywhere I go you're staring at my culo Uh, (laughs) pretty much all of Baptista's ass talk uh, for me, was yeah. uh, not not great. So, yeah. ask Tista. Please ask Tista. Let's let's not even debate that question. Um, yeah, I one of my problems with this episode was that the photographer, the photographer's assistant, and I can't remember who the third person was. There's another character too. They all looked pretty much the same to me. They were all like white guys with short black hair that looked kind of interchangeable to me. So I got confused when they were like, mm-hmm. oh, we got the real killer. They were carrying the assistant away. It's like, isn't that the photographer? Oh, I guess it's a different haircut. Okay. Uh, they look the same. I agree. Uh, how about the Chicky Hines Memorial performance of the episode? Aster? Just for her one great line? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny angsty aster that's funny because i said cody <laughs> <laughs> wow for sleeping for sleeping through the night from his first camp out <laughs> I, i've been trying to think about it this entire time we've talked and, and and who did i think was the best performance and i've got to go with harry's ci that's a good that's a good one yeah i mean the thing she can do with her hand yeah yeah. <laughs> that no one wants to hear about. <laughs> well, the Deb wouldn't let us hear about it. <laughs> I'm okay with that. And on that note, that is <laughs> season four, episode seven. Thank you for helping me, I guess. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening to the podcast.